up. He used to be a prosperity preacher. Now he, he's coming out because he's got into hyper grace. And he's saying that tithing, he goes, get rid of all my teachings, all my books, whatever you have on, my, on, my, yeah. on tithing, um, because I was wrong. Let me tell you right from this pulpit, tithing is neither an Old Testament or a New Testament thing. It's, it's a concept of God. Amen. And that high priest was Jesus incarnate. It was prior to the law. I had a minister talk to me last week, and this minister said, how are you doing financially? Because I'm telling you, the churches are not doing well right now. And I said, the Lord has always blessed us. Well, what's your mortgage? I said, we don't have a mortgage. The building's paid for, praise God. So what else? I said, not only that, but we have a, a good amount in our savings account for whatever God wants to do. And this person said, how do you do it? I said, we as a church, we tithe and we give offerings. This ministry would not be here today if we didn't do that very thing and honor God with the first fruits of all of our increase. So I encourage you, I encourage you to tithe. That's the minimum. Amen. Are you there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? Say amen. amen. Let's start reading in verse 1. We're going to read this whole chapter. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth here, a church that he birthed. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Why weren't they able? Verse 3 tells us, and we talked about this the last couple of weeks. For you are still carnal. Well, how do you know that they're carnal? He tells us. For, for where there is envy, number one, strife, number two, and divisions, number three, among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? He's saying, you should know better. You're born again in my spirit. You've got a new law of life in Christ Jesus working inside of you, but, but you're not acting like me. You're still acting like the old man that like, has never even come to the cross. Verse four. For one says... I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? He, he, it's a rhetorical question. Paul saying, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? We're just ministers here. We're nothing special. We're just mere men. We're just ministers Verse 6, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters. Here we go, second time. Say it with me. But God who gives the increase. We would not have anything that pertains to life and godliness if it wasn't for God. He's the one and the only one that gives us the increase. When we were out there on Friday, I saw the different camps sitting together. And I remember, you know, back in the 80s when the Jesus walks were really popular. It's like everybody, different church, you all wear the same color t-shirt. 
If you're from the Assembly of God, you wore a yellow t-shirt. If you were from the Baptist church, you wore a blue one. If you were from the Episcopalian church, you wore a green one. And on and on and on and on. And we had to stay in our company. Verse 7. So then neither he who plants, okay, we already read that. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Say one. One. And each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Paul's saying, listen, ministers in the gospel, ministers in the fivefold offices that are here to equip you to do the work of the ministry, we're just fellow workers here. But he says, you, he's talking to the church, every one of us, we are God's field and you are God's building. Hmm. Any farmer will tell you the quality of your soil will determine the size of your crop. If you have soil that's depleted and there's not much uh, nutrients in that soil, you're going to have a very weak and a very low yield. So you put fertilizer down to make the soil better. Fertilizer to bring the nutrients and the minerals into that soil to make it rich so you can be productive. He says, not only are we his field, but we're also his building. Amen. This new move of God that's happening right now, especially here in Rochester, I'm here to tell you, God's building his church without walls. Amen. It always should have been a church without walls. Amen. That's right. Walls, we get into these confines, and oh, we come on Sunday morning, and if we feel like it, we'll come on Wednesday night. And if there's a prayer meeting, well, if nothing better is happening, maybe I'll come to prayer, but I don't know if I can fit that in. After all, you know, prayer really isn't my thing. Prayer better be our thing. Prayer should be our number one thing. How are we going to know what to do if we're not spending time with God? How are we going to become like Jesus if we're not spending time, quality time with him, beholding him, and allowing his image to just change us from one degree of glory to another? I don't know how to pray. We'll just come to prayer, and those that are given to prayer, just glean on what they're doing and allow their supply of the Spirit to help you build it up. But if you don't come, how are you going to grow? How are you going to know what God wants us to do? We all will have to stand before the beam of seat of Christ someday, won't we? What are you going to say then? When he shows you the picture of what he had called you to be and what to do, and you did not even make even a portion of it, because you never took the time to spend time with him to find out what it was he wanted you to do. I can't tell you what to do. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'll help you in your calling. I'll do whatever I can to help you in your calling. But unless you spend time with the Lord... How are you going to know? And there's something special that happens when we come in a corporate setting versus when you just stay home and have time with the Lord at home, alone. I'm not saying you should never spend time at home alone with God. Of course, of course, that's, that's just a given. That goes without saying. But there's a synergy that happens. If one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. When we come together as one, 
In a corporate setting, there's something explosive that happens. Can't you see how important that was on Friday night? The Lord spoke to Eze's heart on Thursday. He goes, Pastor, I don't know. I think we should do communion. I said, exactly. How are we going to do communion with so many people out in this field? A lot of people are going to go after the altar call, and some did. But the ones that stayed, we partook, we partook in the Lord's table together to show that we're united. Maybe you're a Pastor Steve Dietrich, and you're not a the Pete Barbie camper. Maybe you're a, I don't know, who are the other pastor? I don't even care. Pastor Adam from Destiny. Oh, I'm part of his camp. Well, good. I'm glad that you are. But don't you know that we're all part of the body of Christ? Amen. And we can get so much more done, united, than we can just doing our own little separate thing in our own little four walls where it's comfortable. The Holy Spirit is watching right now. He's watching. He's watching. And he's, oh, he's watching. This is a new season. In this new season, not only are our heart motives being revealed, but our love natures on trial. It wasn't easy for me to, it's not easy for me to do this, because a lot of the people that I saw out there were people that once attended our, our church. We've been in existence since 1991. We've had so many people come through these doors. If everyone that came through these doors would have stayed and not allowed offense to get into their heart, we would have a church much bigger than what we have in Numbers White right now, I can tell you that. It was like homecoming week on Friday to meet with some of these same people that didn't even, they said nasty things and they walked away from me. But we don't battle flesh and blood, you understand. You're not my enemy. And I would hope that I'm not somebody's Worst enemy out there that they think night and day about how Pete Barbie just did him wrong. There's nobody perfect in the body of Christ. We got to learn. We got to learn to get along. Because look what he says. Let's just keep on going here. Hallelujah. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another builds on it. But let each one take heed. Take heed. Be careful how you build on. Take heed how you're building the church. We're all part of building the church. Take heed. Be careful. Are you building up the church or are you tearing down the church? With every word you utter, are you building somebody up in the church or are you ripping them apart because you didn't get your way? Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than with that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the one. He, everything has to be built on Jesus. If it's not built on Jesus, then it's not going to stand, and it shouldn't stand. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will be Become clear for the day, the day, the day is capitalized. That means the day of the Lord, the day when we stand before the bema seat, the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, for every one of us will have to stand there someday and give an account for the motives of our heart and, and how we served once we became born again. The, at, the, at the bema seat, it's, it's not determining whether you're, you made heaven or not. No, you made heaven. But everything that's, everything's made right at the bema seat, at the judgment seat of Christ. And he says every one of our works will be made clear on that day. 
They'll declare it. In other words, it'll be manifested because it will be revealed by fire. Say fire. fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so, as through fire. It's going to be tried through the fire, you see. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Put your hand on your heart and say, thank you, Lord, for making me holy. There's a sanctifying work happening in the body of Christ right now, none like we've ever seen before. None like we've ever seen before. Because there is a glory of the Lord that's going to manifest in the church. And if the glory of God were to manifest right now, I dare say many of us would probably be struck dead. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? Because they lied to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And again, this is a season where our hearts are, the motives of our hearts are being tried. Everything that we held dear that we just thought, oh boy, this is thus saith the Lord. And maybe it wasn't thus saith the Lord, maybe it was thus saith me. Because we tend to justify things sometimes to cover up the hurt and the pain and the woundedness that we experience when a brother or sister didn't agree with us and they just walked away from us. It's a divine movement of unity that the Spirit is doing right now, especially in the Church of Rochester. And it's a risky venture, let me tell you. For sure, whatever pain in the past, woundedness that occurred with a brother or sister, which caused us to separate, which was not of God, and has left the fracture and the fragment. That's why I said that word was 100% Holy Ghost. Because all the fractures, all the splinters in the body of Christ, they have to go. We don't have time to stay offended. There's too many people out there that are going to hell that don't know anything. Oh, did you notice? Did you notice when we were worshiping God, people were walking around that track and just standing there and just listening. Oh, don't you know, there were more than four people that gave their heart to Jesus on Friday. The world is watching the church right now. When the, when the Roe v. Wade thing, decision came, all of a sudden now, all eyes are on the church. How are we going to respond? The church better not get militant and say, this is the way it is. Because we lose everything when we become militant. We're just like the world. Are we to speak the truth? Absolutely. But we're to speak the truth in love and love only. We got to meet people where they're at. <laughs> I went to the Patriots meeting on Tuesday because I just wanted to go there because I hadn't I'd never been to one and I wanted to see. Plus I wanted to invite them to this event on Friday. I had so many things to do on my to-do list, but the Holy Spirit said, no, you go back there, because I drove by to drop Isaac off, because he was helping Rand to cut the lawn here at the church. And so he said, no, you go back to Harvest Church, and you go to that meeting. 
And he said, oh, by the way, take some cards with you. So I did. And I said, okay. As soon as I got there, Pastor uh, Brian Saylor, he came and he greeted me. He said, sit right up here in the front. And he goes, by the way, everybody, this is Pastor Pete Barbie from River of Glory Church. I said, okay, Lord, here we go. I said to the speaker, I said, could you give me a second? He said, yes. And I said, I really appreciate you patriots standing up for the conservative values of our country. We need to be a voice in this hour. There's no doubt about it. And I don't know what church you go to. It doesn't matter. We're all part of the church of Jesus Christ. I said, and God's doing a supernatural thing. He's, bringing, he's marrying the patriots and the remnant church together. I said, but can I tell you something as a preacher? We win more people with honey than vinegar. And we can be a voice for righteousness, but we must do it in love. And I said, we have this event going on. I handed out the cards. I said, I'd love it if you came. And they're all going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then another lady there said, my daughter's having something in the park in Orinoco, and you can bring your own beverages. And I think they all decided to do the, bring their own beverages. <laughs> but the point being is, what's going to happen if we have these events and somebody brings their cooler with their Coors Light? Are we going to look down and say, you bad people, you can't bring alcohol to this event? We're not advocating drinking. We're not saying you should. No, God's holy. But let the Holy Spirit deal with their hearts. Let's not be so holier than thou that we start looking down at people just because they don't believe the same way we believe. I tell you this, and I'm going to keep on telling you, we have to give the Holy Spirit room to breathe. Amen. Why don't you just say that with me? Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit we, give you room to we give you room to breathe. Not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us. How many know the Holy Spirit's the only one that can transform anybody? All the preaching that we do, thumping the Bible and hollering and screaming is going to do nothing. But if we can love them and encourage them. I don't know. This Thursday, we're, I, I get to be part of that round table with the other pastors here in town. I don't know if they knew what they were doing when they said, Pete, you want to join us? Because I don't know if I'm going to fit in that mold. But listen, the time is just... Well, how many people do you have in your church? What is your church doing? Da, 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 da. <laughs> this isn't a competition thing. You know, the people that have the most people in their church, they win. How many people do you lead to Jesus? I don't know. How many people did you lead to Jesus last week? Now, if it's to encourage one another and celebrate, then that's all for it. But I mean, come on. With this whole event, we said, let's combine efforts. I had somebody say, are you going to take up an offering? And I said, I, I didn't know. And I thought, well, we could pass a, a plate. But I thought, no. Lord, we're sowing the seed into the community. It costs the church about 2500 and it's probably going to be more once I get all the receipts in, because there's a couple more coming through. And each time that dollar amount kept going up, I just go, oh, my gosh, because, you know, I'm very conservative. My, my family would say I'm very cheap. Isaac needs a new pair of shoes. There's holes in them. And he wanted to get a new pair of shoes. I said, you have $49. Dad, I can't get shoes for $49. They're just everyday shoes, yes. Let's go to Walmart. Let's just get the plastic shoes. They'll work for you. But if it's God's will, it's God's bill. God will take care of it. 
got a hold of Pastor Fred. Surely. We got this thing in, in August. I said, Pastor, you got that huge tent. Remember the power team came to Rochester and New Life sponsored that. We went out to the fairgrounds, put up that big tent. How many people does that tent seat? A few hundred. And so I met with him last week. He goes, of course, I told you you could use it. I said, great. But can I tell you something? Harlan's going to lead it because he is so good at all that stuff. I wish I had a fraction of his mind when it comes to all that engineering stuff. But Harlan can't set up that tent by himself. Joey, I know that you're a good worker, and I know Isaac, you are too, but you guys, we need 15 guys at least to put that tent up. We're going to set it up the Thursday before, so the second Thursday in August. Men and ladies, if you want to help, we'll be down at Soldier's Field in the evening. We're going to set up that tent. Okay. We need you to come and help, okay? Praise the Lord. We'll get a work list together and other things that we're going to do. We need one another. We need one another. Some of you are probably going to be meeting people that you've, in the church, that maybe you parted ways to. Maybe you were hurt by something that was said or done. We've all been there. You can't be a believer in Christ and not be hurt. It comes with the territory. It's part of the rub. It's part of the rub. It's like family issues. When it comes time for the holidays, it's a known fact when it comes to November, all of a sudden, suicide rate and... And, and mental illness goes up because people are thinking about going home to be with their family for the holidays. And you'd think that'd be a, a positive thing, for, but for many people, it's extremely stressful. Why? Because a past hurts. Because the people closest to you that should love you the most and celebrate you the most are the ones that can inflict the most pain. Church, I encourage you don't stay away from these events. Be a part of these events because God's doing a supernatural thing. How are we going to do this? Real quick, and I'm going to close. I want you to put up that portrait of the servant. It was in the middle of the 90s. We were still down at 804 East Center Street. We had some sort of event. I don't know what it was. But somebody, somebody at the church, or maybe the church itself, bought me this portrait. It's called The Servant. I couldn't find the portrait. I would have brought it today. It's in a box somewhere. But this is the, from the Passion Bible. And I said, Lord, how, how are we going to deal with this? How, how should we handle this? And I'm going to read from John chapter 13 from the Passion Translation, starting in verse 1. I want you to listen carefully while you look at that picture. Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be his last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them, and now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Before their evening meal had begun, the accuser had already deeply embedded betrayal into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. But when Jesus got to Simon Peter, he objected and said, I can't let you wash my dirty feet. 
You're my Lord. Jesus replied, you don't understand yet the meaning of what I'm doing, but soon it will be clear to you. Peter looked at Jesus and said, you'll never wash my dirty feet, never. But Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, Jesus responded, then you will not be able to share life with me. Did you hear that? So Peter said, Lord, in that case, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said to him, you are already clean. You've been washed completely, and you just need your feet to be cleansed. But that can't be said of all of you, for Jesus knew which one was about to betray him, and that's why he told them that not all of them were clean. After washing their feet, he put his robe on and returned to the place at, at the table. Do you understand what I just did, Jesus said. You've called me your teacher and Lord, and you're right, for that's who I am. So if I'm your teacher and Lord and have just washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I've set for you and wash one another's dirty feet. Now do for each one what I have just done for you. I speak to you timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. So now put into practice what I have done for you, and you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. How are we going to be able to come together in unity? The only way we're going to be able to do this is by removing our outer robe, which speaks of our identity, and begin to wash one another's dirty feet, which speaks of servitude. That's where it's at. If we go back to 1 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollo or Cephas or the world or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is in God. It's a risky thing. I had so many opportunities with this event to get myself very upset. But I had to constantly just say, okay, Lord, this is for the kingdom. This is for you. That's not the way I would do it, but it's okay. It doesn't have to be my way. And that's the spirit of humility we must, we must walk in. If this thing is ever going to take place without men getting in and messing it up. Amen. Amen. I'm talking on a citywide, but even here in this church, truly, if you have aught with any one of us, any one of your brothers and sisters in this body, could you just make it right? It's a privilege to pastor to represent God and to preach his word. But if there's one thing I could do without, it's handling the discord that happens in church. I absolutely hate it. And nothing stops a move of the spirit quicker than when there's discord. I know if I've offended you in any way, please forgive me, I'm not perfect. 
I'm just a man, just like you are, ladies. I know you're not a man, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Know that it's never intentional. Be on guard against offense. Be on guard against offense. Can I say it a third time? Be on guard against offense. Don't let the devil get inside and mess up the love nature inside of you. Amen. Let's just be of Christ. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for today. Thank you for the wonderful thing that you're doing right now and bringing us all together. Only you could do this. And you're doing it because your heart is for souls. The world is looking and they're longing for you. The only way that they can see you is if we're not splintered. But if we're made whole, and only you can make us whole. So we walk in humility before you, God, and one another. We submit ourselves to you and to one another. And we pray, my God, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. See you at the park. <laughs>